0: a conversation with the great scott horton about the police should i say any more <laughs> i think not but as always go to ryanbunting.com for all of your graphic design needs ryanbunting.com
1: ryan bunting is a great anarcho capitalist and libertarian he is also
0: a great graphic designer he designed my podcast logo and Pete Quinones podcast logo. So go to ryanbunting.com for all of your graphic design needs. And as always, thank you, Tom Burton, for the music.
1: All right. Well, I'm here with Mr. Scott Horton. What's going on, brother? How you doing, dude? Hanging in there, man. Just work, work, work. Good. Yeah. So I wanted to get you on this week. And uh, I saw yesterday, you had made a comment about the ties between, well, somebody had asked you a question and you said, because it's basically the same thing. And you were talking about the ties between the policing in the U.S. and, and foreign policy. So I was like, that'd be a pretty cool subject to get into. Um, I Here recently, I've actually been referencing Max Blumenthal's uh, reporting on uh, local police departments being trained. By the Israeli military force, so mm-hmm. I was, I was like that. Would that's a subject that no people don't talk about quite enough. So I, yeah. I figured that'd be a great subject to get into, especially with all the uh, tensions between the population and the police at the moment.
2: Right. I'll tell you what, man. I'm, I'm not like all the way up to date on all the latest developments in the Israeli training of American cops. So there's a lot of it going on, mm-hmm. and. The group most responsible for making this happen is JINSA, which is called the Jewish Institute for National Security of America. It used to be called the Jewish Institute for National Security Affairs. And they're the men who lied us into war in 2002 inside the government were known to Colin Powell as the men from JINSA. They were the ones, oh, no, no, sorry. That was the name of a Jason Vest article. It was the JINSA crowd. That was Colin Powell's words, the JINSA crowd. They were the ones who lied us into war, and meaning the neocons and the Office of Special Plans and the Vice President's Office and all that, the ringleaders of the weapons of mass destruction and al-Qaeda lies that got us into that war. That's who they were, one of the more powerful Zionist think tanks in America, uh, right there up with the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, and AEI and the Center for Security Policy and the Foundation for Defense of Democracies and the Foreign Policy Initiative and the Project for a New American Century, which is now thankfully defunct. But anyway, um, so um, they're the ones who do this. And essentially, it's just it's smart politics from the Zionist point of view is just to integrate as much of the American state with the Israeli one as possible and get the people who, after all, at the end of the day, are in charge of enforcing the law, the the brute fist of the state in this country and to get them essentially to be pro-Israeli partisans. It's just another set of inroads for them. And then but it leads to just absolute horrifying consequences for us because the Israeli specialty that they're teaching these guys is not how they oppress Israeli Jews in Tel Aviv. They're teaching them the methods that they use to oppress the Palestinians. In the occupied territories right and these are the policies that then they're training the americans on and the americans especially you know at the leader level go home then and and turn these techniques and train uh american cops on these techniques and we're all absolutely the worst for it you know the american people you you see this all the time this happened you you saw this one yesterday right another guy that they crushed to death george floyd style i don't know if it was so much on his neck but it was just on his back but he's prone so, his chest can't expand, so he can't breathe, and they killed him. Yeah. And then you look at the story, and the story was some busybody lady called the cops on this guy because he was weird and standing around somewhere. And you get the idea that, look, you know, in her head, she was calling Andy Griffith and Don right. Knotts, right? She was calling some nice guys who, yeah, they're strong and armed if they have to be, but their job is to help people. Right. And that was who she thought she was calling because there's this cognitive dissonance in her head where she can't admit to herself that no, these guys are the most violent and destructive force in our society. And if I call the cops on this weird homeless guy, they might just murder him. In fact, there's a pretty good chance they will. Yeah. You know, and hell, I remember what, 10 years ago now, there was an old friend of mine I saw on Facebook um, where I had been complaining over and over again, and the one that finally broke the the straw that broke the camel's back for him was because you know I'm always posting you Say this is your security force, and it's, I'm doing something horrible, right? Right. And it was the the lady had called the cops because the neighbor kid's stereo was too loud on a Friday night. They had a party going on on a Friday night. The next door neighbor called the cops on a noise complaint. The cops come and kill the kid. Mm-hmm. Shoot him to death. Oh, whoops. I mean, he made a furtive movement. I thought he had something in his hand or something. And then this was after, you know, this is after a hundred of these. Right. And then I saw this guy told me, he goes, you know, I, I almost called the police on my neighbors tonight because they're so damn loud over there. But then I thought about Scott Horton and all of those things he keeps posting about cops killing people. And I decided, you know what? I'm not, it's not worth it to take that risk. Right. But like so if you but if you don't have me in your life to tell you that, listen, man, Andy Griffith is dead. Okay, this isn't the USA. This is the homeland and you're Mm -hmm. not free and the cops are not your friends. Okay, people don't they they won't accept it. They won't accept it. It's just like joining the army to go off and fight the Nazis, even though, you know, the Nazis were defeated generations ago. And that, that's not who the enemy is anymore. And yet you still, when you join the Marines, you go as though you're fighting a legitimate enemy, not acting as an Imperial stormtrooper in somebody else's land. Right. Even though you know that's what's going on. There's just this huge dichotomy in the way it's perceived, right? Mm-hmm. So every day you see on Facebook, boy, they killed another one, huh? They killed another one. Oh, well, I have a problem. 911, help me, please. In fact, the guy that they killed the other day was on the phone with nine one one, and the cop thought he was holding a gun to his head. And so he shot him seven times in the chest. <laughs> but why did the guy, why was the guy on the phone? He called the cops because he wanted the cops to come and arrest his brother for keeping his gun in his car from him. And, and he, and he's threatening to kill his brother on the phone. I'm going to kill him. You guys better come over here. It's like, so this guy is, he's guilty of felony stupidity. No question about that. You know, saying the things he's saying on the phone. But he did tell the dispatcher. She asked him, you have a gun? And he said, yes. And she goes, do you have it on you? And he says, no. Yeah. It's in the house. That was why he's mad. His brother wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. It was part of it. So, but through the telephone game, that part of the conversation wasn't clear to the cop who arrived. All he knew was somebody said, gun. Right. And then he sees the guy still on the phone with 911 and blows him away because he assumes it's a gun in his hand. That's it was cool. nighttime. Anyway, bad call. Yeah. But just the point being, like how ignorant is this guy? He called the Gestapo one himself. Mm-hmm. It's not Andy Griffith is going to come and help you. It's some right. guy, whether he's been trained by the Israelis or not, he's been trained to believe that you are an enemy and you are trying to kill him that his job is not to protect your rights and your life his job is to come home to make it home to his life and family tonight right as though his job isn't being a security guard and putting himself at risk on behalf of other people
0: you know yeah well yeah
1: that's that's a great point because i remember i got into a conversation with a retired police officer after the daniel shaver shooting which to me Mm -hmm still stands out as the most egregious just execution of of a human being by the police and uh i really i just can't watch those videos ever since i saw that one i was just like i i can't i can't do it anymore and um this guy says well you never know what the combatant is going for or 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 whether you always need to know where the combatants hands are that's what it was and i was like combatant The kid was on his fucking knees begging for his goddamn life. He's not a combatant.
2: He's a fucking. And that's not the rule. That's not the law that as soon as you lose sight of someone's hand, that you can kill them because of what might could be in it. No. Right. Right? If you shot me, you would have to show for it to be a justifiable homicide that you had no choice or at least even if it was a mistake that you had every single reasonable reason to believe that you had no choice but to use deadly force in a proportionate and immediate fashion to defend right. your life or that of another innocent person, period. Any yeah. courtroom in the land will throw you right in the slammer. You're not allowed to kill people unless mm. you have to. Mm. Not, oh, when I couldn't see where his hand was for a second that's not the law and think about you know in the old west draw thing the whole thing is you could go to jail for murder if you just shoot a guy Mm -hmm. you got to be able to say he was drawing his gun and pointing it at me now it's a threat Mm -hmm. so whoever goes for it first you better win and then you better be able to say well he drew first but i just shot him first right Right. But that's the legality there in those duels. It's not just let's meet in the middle of the street and murder each other. It's let's meet in the middle of the street in a way where the survivor has a pretext to say that he was defending himself. Right. Against an actual gun, not a hypothetical possible one. And you know what they've done with this It's the judges have made all this crap up. And because they are co-conspirators and accessories to murder. And what they have said essentially is they've bought the line that if a cop says furtive, then that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Or if the cop says waistband, yeah. and that was their excuse for murdering Daniel Shaver. Right. Was, he was crawling, they, they were forcing him to army crawl down the hallway, and of course his pants were coming down. Mm-hmm. And being, you know, buzzed and terrified for his life, these people screaming at him, pointing these rifles at him, he reached back to pull up his pants. Mm -hmm. and they went, oh, look, my technicality has been fulfilled, right? Not now I have to shoot. Now I can. Mm -hmm. Now I can. Ooh, look, Mm waistband, furtive, pow, 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 and light him up. Right. And, you know, after Ferguson, when they murdered Mike Brown, um, who did have his hands up and was murdered in cold blood by that coward cop, Uh, Don't you love the way right where you say even Eric Holder said it was a good shoot like because Eric Holder has black solidarity with Mike Brown that he's going to choose his black solidarity and uh, over his police solidarity. Give me a break. I saw the white repairman from another neighborhood who was there live on CNN say he saw what happened. He ran away. The cop was shooting at him and missing But still shooting. And so he gave up. He stopped running and he turned around and he went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, don't shoot. And then the cops shot him again and killed him. Yeah. And then left him in the street there and lied that he was running right at him, charging at him like a linebacker. In fact, that's the cop told the grand jury. It, not he, it turned into a demon and ran through my bullets. What does that even mean (laughs) bullets are smaller than men how could he run through the bullet you mean the bullet went right through the man and killed him right he ran through the bullets you shot him to death he was standing there yeah anyway um man i went off on a tangent i was going to say something that happened in the aftermath of that mike brown thing what were we talking about right before that well we were talking
1: about how uh the 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 way that they call people the citizens combatants and the way that they have. Uh, oh,
2: that's too far back now. Waistband. No, no, no and Furtive. No. And... Uh, oh, yeah. The furtive. Let's see. Yeah. It was something about the it was something about that. Right. The, the loophole for shooting him. Now, nah, I'm sorry, man. I lost my train of thought there. It was something about that. It was something I was going to say about the aftermath of the Mike Brown thing. Uh, nah, I'm sorry. I do. No, that that's, sometimes. A, that's
1: all right. Well, what I think is so incredible and. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen anybody doing a lot of work on this, but as you said, not every, not all the cops are being trained by Israeli uh, military, but it's like the, the culture has penetrated to such Mm -hmm. an extent that, I mean, you know, you'll see him say things like on Facebook where, you know, my gang is tougher than your gang or some shit like that. And you're like, You, you don't have any idea what, what you're talking about, you know, it, well, and they've
2: shown how in the in the L.A. Sheriff's Department, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, it's all gangs. Yeah. And they, you know, they bend their star back when they kill somebody and they all have matching skull tattoos and all of this stuff. They are outright gang, no different than a prison gang. Right. Uh, a network of gangs all, you know, in the um, uh, there was a big controversy over somebody assassinated two Compton cops sitting in their car last year. Remember that? And yeah. Yet, those were the same cops who beat uh, Kelly Thomas to death, the poor schizophrenic guy who they beat to death for like 10 minutes, crying for his daddy the yeah. whole time. The yeah, red haired guy. That. Yeah. The homeless guy. Um, and had been, you know, terrorizing the people of Compton, mm-hmm. um, you know. And um, in fact, you know, from the Vietnam War, what had happened was the Marines I think, learned the counterinsurgency doctrine that they tried to apply in Vietnam from the LAPD. Really? And then, of course, that didn't work or anything. But then in the 1980s, when they did the big drug wars, because the Reagan administration ratcheted up the punishments and the criminalization of cocaine, while at the same time ramping up the supply of cocaine Mm -hmm. into South L.A. and leading to the massive drug wars and all of that. And then at that time... The LAPD had forgotten the art of coin and the LAPD went to the Marines and asked the Marines to reteach them counterinsurgency doctrine. And so this is what led to in in South L.A. in the 80s was what is reminiscent, you know, would you, you see the same thing in, in uh, Baghdad in 2006, right, is roundups of fighting age males where they just sweep and they arrest every black guy between the age of 14 and 28 and see what they can charge them with, see what they can hold them on and just round them up by the thousands. And, you know, essentially waging the kind of war against the blacks of L.A. that they waged against the South Vietnamese, trying to pacify them. And of course, it was simply a catastrophe. And, but they take this same mentality um, toward the citizens of this country. And then, you know, a lot of the cops are war veterans, too. You know, right. you grew up your whole life watching these TV commercials that say, you know, look, if, if you're from a working class family, let's get real. You're never going to be anybody.
0: Right.
2: And the only way that you are going to be anybody is if you join the military first. And once you join the military first, we'll teach you how to get up at 6 a.m. and how to, you know, uh, be a fully responsible, functioning adult. You make your transition to manhood in the military, you learn professionalism. And then when you get out, you could be a helicopter repairman. Or when you get out, you could be a mechanic or you could be a firefighter or something like this. But then the reality is that's really not right. And all the technology in the military is not really compatible with civilian technology. So you could be a a helicopter repairman in the military and it's not gonna do you a damn bit of good down at the local airfield. It's not gonna get you that job at all, right? And then of course, the vast bulk of the army is the infantry anyway right and so then what job skills are they learning they're learning how to be a deputy sheriff is the only job skills they're learning and as i know from some veterans that i know yeah, when they come home from the war there's a thing in their mailbox a postcard in their mailbox saying hey come and be a deputy sheriff we got a job for you right here you know as soon as they get home they're ready that's like that and so and there's been a real problem with this you know there was a a, a really good story about this in the Austin Chronicle about how APD had a problem with this. This is 10 years ago now. Uh, APD had a real problem with this. And one example was a cop was chasing a guy on a burglary charge, I think, chased him into the HEB parking lot. And I forget if the guy ran into the HEB or maybe ran past the front door. Oh, that's the grocery store around Central Texas if yeah. you're not a Texan. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, and he, he uh, the cop just started shooting wildly at the guy through the parking lot. And he ended up shooting through the back window of this lady's Dodge Caravan minivan and through the car seat of her baby's car seat. Um, Although luckily they were in the store at the time, but the bullet would have killed the baby, almost Mm. certainly. And then the cop himself was like, whoa, man, what am I doing? Holy crap, I got carried away there. It's like I was back in Iraq. And then like he fessed up and resigned from the force and was like, I don't even think they fired him. They would have protected him, right? But he was like, whoa, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not in the right frame right. of mind to be doing this, man. Right. Because the, the people of East Austin, even ooh, East Austin, where everybody's poor and brown and therefore an armed felon waiting to get you, um, even they are at worst suspects to be protected, right. not enemies to be destroyed. Right. And this guy just got back from a war him and a lot of other ones like him and i think you see this a lot in fact there's video that came out they finally released the video last night of these cops that killed this mexican guy on wickersham drive there uh, in january and the cop just totally panics the guy's reaching in the back seat to check on his infant his two-month-old baby after the cop already shot the first cop was road raging and shot him and his girlfriend and then he's like probably in shock. He's like walking around bleeding, and he's ignoring their commands. They're telling him halt, 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 or whatever, and in Spanish. But he just walks around, opens the back door of the car, and he reaches in the car to check on his his little baby, and the cop just shot him ten times for reaching in the car. Like your buddy says. Well, gee, you have to have sight of the combatant's hands at all time. Otherwise, you just get to pretend that he right. must be holding a gun. Right? He doesn't have to even. He, you don't even have to see it in his hand, much less see him point it at you. If he reaches into the car, go ahead and kill him. Yep, is apparently the law of the land in Texas, even though it's not. That's not the law but they'll let him get away with it again and again and again and again. And really the only time there's accountability for stuff like this is if the guy outright screams the N word as he's killing somebody, then the justice department will go, aha, see, this was a violation of his civil rights. Right. You didn't just kill him, but you, you have this otherly, you know, expressed private racial hatred motive for doing what you did. Mm -hmm. But essentially other than that, Get out of jail free.
0: Right.
2: You know? Yeah, well. That's the the real crux of the problem, man. Aside from the militarization and the foreign policy and all that, the militarization, we we could talk about all of the military equipment, the rifles and the armored personnel carriers and all of the SWAT gear. I mean, I've I've had infantry. I'm sure you've seen this. This must be your experience, too, where actual guys who've been in the wars like to make fun of the cops and go, man, I've I've had people. There's a guy that follows me on Twitter say. Man, I was a Green Beret in Iraq War II, and I never wore that much kit in my life, man, ever. You know, like these guys are, they're dressed up, they, they're LARPing worse than the militia guys. You know mm. what I mean? They're just, mm. they're dressed up like full, like they're special operations forces and gear. The special ops forces don't wear that much crap. Right. You know, what are you doing, guys? And they, and they laugh at them and mock them for it. Um, but all that surplus from the terror war. And so and every sheriff has to pretend to the Department of Homeland Security that, oh, yeah, you know, the local water park in our county could be a terrorist target. So we need an armored personnel carrier and five M-16 rifles and three M-4s and whatever armor, you know, bayonets and whatever it is.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's all just a racket. It's all just a racket to build up their forces. And then it ends up, you know, with SWAT team raids. We now have 60,000 SWAT raids a year, which is up you know, by quite a bit. It was 50,000 about 10 years ago. You know, 60,000 SWAT raids a year. Think about that. I and mean, those are contraband searches right. or, or at least serving warrants for people, but mostly BS warrants, right? On failure to appear charges or revoked probation charges or contraband charges or some bullshit, not, you know, anything anybody really did. And yet they rate them like a special operations forces. They rate them like it's the Delta Force to the Navy SEALs down in the Helmand province in Afghanistan fighting the Taliban yeah. or, you know, some innocent guy that intelligence says might be tied to them. Um, and then was the accountability. And this is I like to talk about this all the time. Everybody needs to read this. It's the best explanation. Of this I've done ever heard and I've seen I've read a bunch about this. and I never found anything like this that explains it this way. It's called Tamir Rice's basically reasonable murder. And Tamir Rice, you remember, was the 12-year-old boy with a gun, uh, with a toy gun Yeah, that they shot at the park. The cop jumps out of the passenger window or passenger side door and goes, drop it, drop it, pop, pop, and kills him. The kid has no chance to even reach for it, to drop it. Mm-hmm. And he just blows him away. 12-year-old boy. And then...
1: Not to mention it- at 12 it- years old, you probably don't think you're the one being screamed at. Like- yeah, sure. <laughs>
2: and this goes, this goes for innocent people all over the place. Same thing with the guy with the phone. The cop, all he knows is there's a bright light in his eyes, right? And the cop is screaming, drop it, drop it. Well, will drop, or, drop the gun, drop the gun. But he doesn't have a gun. He's holding a phone. Right. Drop the gun, drop the gun. Get down. Show me your hands. Wait, what? Get down. Drop the gun. Show you my hands. And the guy probably doesn't even know he's the one being screamed at. Right. He's just confused. Who's got the gun? Yeah. Next thing you know, he's shot. Same thing here. In fact, let me get back to Tamir Rice's basically reasonable murder in a minute. Yeah. There was one around here that got me so bad at it back, I don't know, 10 years ago now, I guess, again. Um, old man in north uh, east Austin, Texas, I guess out in Hutto. Um, he thinks there's a burglar. I don't know if there even ever was a burglar. He thinks there's a burglar. So he calls the deputy, calls the sheriff's department. The deputy pulls up the old man. This is an old white man in suburban Northwest Austin. He's in his seventies. He's got gray hair and whatever, right? If, if you pulled up, Tommy, if you or anybody, you know, pulled up, you would presume that this guy is the homeowner right? who called the cops. He's a 70 something year old man who didn't the dispatcher t- tell you it was an old man on the phone or anything. Mm -hmm. the deputy gets out of the car he sees the old man standing in the driveway with a pistol in his hand and goes drop it drop it bang 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 and kills him and of course the old man must have been thinking who are you screaming at right is he behind me or something yeah because obviously he is the old white guy homeowner here I'm not saying that the criminal was definitely black or anything like that, but I'm just saying this is an old man with a gun in his hand. It's much more likely, like just on the face of it, the presumption would be, this is the guy who called. Right. And the deputy just kills him. Well, especially in Texas. And nobody cared. Nobody carried on about it. There was no lawsuit. It wasn't a big news story. And it's just another one, yeah, you know. And it happens every day. If you read the Free Thought Project, this shit happens every day.
1: Oh yeah, they uh they had a follow up on a story from 2019. I, w- I was reading earlier about um a 15 year old music aficionado who got his arm shot up by a cop whenever the cop was trying to shoot some other guy.
2: Oh, I saw that. I read that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the guitar player kid. Yeah. Am I ever gonna play guitar again? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. here we are two years later. They still don't know. Multiple surgeries on his arm, on his left arm. Yeah, Yeah, just like I'm
2: saying about the Mexican guy that they shot here in Austin. The, The original road raging cop was off duty. He was just road raging and blasted this guy. I mean, you can see it in the footage. You see the muzzle flash, I don't know, six, seven times. He just blasted this guy and shot his girlfriend, too. Yeah. And with a baby in the car. And then he calls more cops to come and the cops finish the job and shoot the guy 10 more times for going to check on his helpless infant. Right. But but and, and look at Breonna Taylor when they shot Breonna Taylor. The only cop that got charged there is the cop whose bullet went wild into the apartment next door.
1: Right. It went to into another apartment.
2: Right. Yeah. But all the other cops who missed the guy who took a shot at them and all shot the unarmed woman instead. Well, Tommy, it just goes without saying that that's fine. Yeah. They're not expected to be able to differentiate between two different people when they're shooting their guns. If she was near him, then she's absolutely fair game. Five bullets in her, none in him. But we're to take that as, hey, well, those are the breaks. Yeah. Nobody thinks that they should have accurately hit the person they were shooting at. hmm and never mind the fact, of course, that they were breaking in the house in the middle of the night. Right. And that and never mind the fact that they were the aggressors. No, they had the right to be the aggressors. And that means when he defends himself, that means he's the aggressor. And then if you listen to the 911 call, it's a thousand percent fact. There's no way he's faking it. It is a thousand percent clear. He had no idea it was police. Right. That had just, you know, killed his girlfriend and that he had taken one shot at. He was simply defending her. What happened? They put him between her and themselves and he had an obligation to defend her life he took one shot and they blew her away and they're the security force and then he calls a first thing he does he's like a branch davidian being attacked by the atf immediately he calls nine one one. help help there's some crazy people shooting at me yeah yeah that's your
1: security force and that's why when i saw that shooting uh what was it was it last week or the week before the the uh with the knife, Ma- Micaiah Bryant? Yeah, and she was trying to stab that one girl. The one the one criticism I had of that entire shooting was, I was like, that cop's lucky he didn't shoot that girl in pink because of the angle he was at, and yeah. they don't they don't use hollow points. They use uh they use a Full Metal Jacket, so that one of those rounds could have easily just passed right through her, and yeah. and hit that other girl. So. I mean, very lucky that other girl didn't get shot in that situation because I mean that angle that yeah, he was at. Point. I was I wasn't real impressed with with the angle he chose to fire from. Again, he didn't have in a situation like that. He, he didn't have a lot of time to think. It was it was you're going to react one way or the other. You're either, you're either going to go try to tackle the girl and take her down, or you're going to you're going to
2: shoot at her. But um, right, but yeah, I I was, mean, that's the thing too, right? Like, um. Clearly, she was in the middle of attempting to take someone else's life. She had he just had right. stabbed another. Girl. He had the right to get. Her. But then again, if he hadn't have been drawing his weapon, and it just from the moment he saw her aggressing, if he had just gone to give her a full linebacker tackle, she probably wouldn't have even gotten a cut on him. She's still a fifteen-year-old girl. He yeah, could have probably well, just slugged the shit out of her before she even got to the girl in pink.
0: Well, yeah, he, but- he
2: was drawing his weapon instead of going for. Hand to hand combat. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. She did have a knife. I'm not saying he was necessarily obligated, but it's sort of like you're saying he already had made his choice to draw his weapon instead of fighting her. Right.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But if he hadn't done that, if he had just immediately closed on her and given her a good Muay Thai kick to the head, he might have knocked her right the hell out and it wouldn't she wouldn't have even had a chance to get to the girl in pink, you know, I don't, I don't think they're trained that well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that that's an important point. I saw a guy on Twitter. I saw a guy on Twitter saying that, like, look, I'm not bandwagon here. The guy when you are trying to murder someone, you do not have the right to live anymore at that point, or at least they have the right to end your life. Right. In order to you know defend their own or or somebody else does in order to defend someone so technically speaking yeah but then again and i guess the guy who was tweeting this is a real trained fighter and he was saying listen if these cops were a lot more highly trained in hand to hand skills then he wouldn't have considered drawing a gun right he'd have went over there and knocked her the hell out immediately and it would have been fine yeah. And it, it wouldn't have occurred to him, even with a knife, it wouldn't occur to him that he was in any real danger. He can take a slice on his arm in order to give her a nice uppercut. That's mm-hmm. what it takes, you know?
0: Yeah, and, that's what um, I was
1: going to say. I, you, you can tell by the way that, that the whole scene unfolded because as he's getting out of his car, they're coming out of the house and she's stabbing another girl. And that girl falls like right in front of him. That's when he draws his weapon. And she was never even looking at him. So, had he been better trained in some sort of hand-to-hand combat, jujitsu, something like that, he could have easily taken her down without firing upon her, but I'm not going to hold that against him. That was one situation where I'm like, uh, yeah. Well that's a split second. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: and, it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that the original story was that she just came out to the police like to greet them because she was the one who had called them, which was not, not true. Right. And that then they just panicked and shot or something. And then that was the story for the first few hours. And then people didn't want to climb down from that. So then right. they wanted to say that, like, you know, it's never OK to shoot a young black person. Well, actually, that wasn't the standard. Right. The standard was it's never OK to shoot anybody including black people, unless you have to. Right. To save your own life for somebody else's proportionate and immediate defense, right? He didn't Mm. have the right to shoot her if she was just punching the girl in pink. She had a deadly weapon and she was in the moment. She was using aggressive, deadly force. Maybe the girl in pink had picked the fight with her. But at that point, at that point, she was helpless. And so that is the only time it is OK to kill somebody, which leaves the rest of these stories in stark relief, doesn't it? Yeah. Whether we're talking about black people or white people, the cops killing people who are just reaching for their waistband is not tolerable. It's just right. not. And then so this gets back to that article. Tamir Rice's basically reasonable murder. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is the courts just rule. The Supreme Court just made this up. And it's not qualified immunity and the civil immunity. That's a whole other separate thing that the courts made up to protect the cops too. It wasn't the law, it wasn't the legislatures, it was the courts who invented that. But they also invented a de facto criminal immunity. They don't call it that, but they raised the bar so high for what it takes to convict a cop for committing a felony, uh, uh, killing someone or anything else that essentially it's impossible to convict them. In fact. Um, you might've seen where Dave Smith said that he thought Chalvin was going to get off until he saw that the police trainer threw him under the bus. The local police department said that was not his training. He should have gotten off of the guy a long time ago. And then that's the conviction, right? That's the bar because the court made this up. It's not the law. It's the courts, the, as, as conservatives say, when they disagree liberal activists, judges, legislating from the bench invented this crap where reasonable is the only restriction on them killing you. Not you have to and have no choice, but it has to be reasonable. Mm -hmm. And for it to be reasonable, all the cop had to do was feel fear. Not a certain amount of fear, not a certain kind of fear, just fear. And uh, the only way for the jury to know whether it was reasonable or not for the cop to feel fear is not for them to use their own sense after hearing the facts of the case. No, it's after they hear police defense expert witnesses say that that's what I would have done too. And any cop who's been trained as a cop would know to be afraid at this moment is when the fear should kick in. And at this point, that's where any one of us would have done the same thing. And of course, Virtually any cop can get another cop to say that on the stand for him. And then the courts again have ruled in in the third or fourth decision down the chain, the judge will instruct the jurors. It isn't up to you to decide what's reasonable. It's up to you to decide whether you heard testimony that said that this was reasonable or not. And from someone who is an expert qualified to have that opinion, unlike yourself. So in other words, a cop can murder anyone as long as he can find another cop to say, that's what I would have done to mm-hmm. And then, so these charges don't even get brought. They just don't even get charged. Mm-hmm. The DAs bring them before the grand jury, which a DA can just indict somebody with a stroke of a pen. Right. But instead they bring them before the grand jury and then they hide behind the grand jury and they go look, grand jury. I don't really want to prosecute this guy. I don't really think I could convict them. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want to indict someone that I don't think I can convict. I mean, and he's going to use the magic word "furtive" and "waistband," and then psh, my case get laughed right out of court. So let's just no right. bill it, huh? What do you think? Yep. And then the grand jury agrees that yeah, let's just no bill it, and then it goes nowhere. Yep. And this happens over and over. And again, read the Free Thought Project. Matt Agaris just had a piece the other day about how I forget the numbers, man, but it's something like fifteen hundred killings and five prosecutions. Yeah. Something like that. Some yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, ratio. It's worse than that. that. I think it maybe it was 5,000 killings and five prosecutions, something like that. Yeah. It, it's, it's insane because
1: you would, I mean, you would never expect. It, the, 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 the thing I have problems with, I guess is, is the amount of people in society that just blindly say, well, that's just the way it is. And I get the idea that it's better for 10 guilty people to walk free than one innocent people to be sentenced to to prison. But Mm -hmm. we have all this stuff on camera over and over and over again. And there are plenty of witnesses over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that every interpretation in the last couple of years, I agree with as far as the witness testimony or how people are interpreting the body cam footage or whatever. But there have been enough cases that there, are, there is doubt as to whether or not the cop was just doing his job or just wanted to kill the guy, or yeah, what, yeah. for whatever reason, wanted to kill the guy. Whether you- Oh, had- I remember what
2: I was gonna say about Mike Brown now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 25 minutes later, I remember my tangent. <laughs> That's all right, go ahead. After Mike Brown, an officer from the Ferguson Police Department wrote an article in the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Where he said he he recalled the circumstance where a guy had a knife, but he was locked in. He was in his own bedroom and the cops could have just closed the door and backed right out and talked to him through the door. Right. But instead, they confront him and the guy puts his hand on a knife. And then as this fellow police officer describes it, those cops see it as an opportunity to kill someone. That's the one cop's words describing the other. Ooh, look, he put his hand on the knife. Now I can shoot him. Not I must. Not I have no choice because unfortunately he gave me no choice. Now I can. Now I have the chance. Now I can murder a human man and get away with it. Right. And they light him up and kill him murder yeah psychopathic murder and there's and something the job and that's the that's the one cop writing about his comrades on the ferguson police force yeah well and there's they're something. no different than the nkvd right you know yeah they are uh, the gestapo the, there's something to be said
1: about the psychological game that these cops engage in when they put on all that armor and all that gear You know, they're going into combat. That's how they're dressed. That's the, that's the, the, the vibe they give off. They're not trying to keep the peace or serve the public. They're going into combat against the citizenry. And I mean, it's blatant whenever I get in a conversation with a guy who calls citizens combatants, you know, and you know, he, he retired, he's retired after 30 years on the force. Mm -hmm. so this has been going on a long time this is a a steady culture that's just
2: ramping up so in fact just before we went on today i just saw a story just an hour ago because there's an an interview before you i just saw a story an hour ago where a guy killed his parents Mm -hmm. and then he killed two cops who showed up right and then they're quoting the rest of the cops about how sad they are the way it turned out and whatever but then in the footage they have an mrap full-size armored personnel carrier leftover surplus from Iraq war two or Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, so they're, you know, reaffirmed and ratified in their belief that boy, we sure do need these MRAP armored personnel carriers because of how dangerous it is out there. Right. When in fact, the, the later cops that came would have been in no different position if they just came in their Chevy patrol cars. Right. Right. There's no real difference. The, the MRAP wasn't protecting them, but two cops died that day. Mm-hmm. And so they pulled, it. Believe me, they got their MRAP out of the garage and went and drove it over there. Yeah. Right. And so now they're reaffirmed in the idea that of course we have to be militarized like this because look at what we're up against, right. you know, but when they first started dressing every, every, it was really like the late nineties is all because of Waco right after Waco is when they opened all the military bases for the cops to come and train. Mm -hmm. and it really started taking effect by like the end of the nineties, but like, and I know that you live in a nice town too, but like here in Austin, Texas, the crime rate is essentially nothing. Right. And, and the very poorest neighborhood in Austin is not really dangerous, right? Like if you went to Dove Springs at four in the morning, they'd probably not jump you. They'd probably just try to sell you some drugs or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, just, it just ain't that bad. It's just, this is the Shire, man. This is Austin, Texas is a nice town. Now, there are some really tough towns, right? There's some right. parts of Houston where I might not go at night, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, not Austin. Austin is fine. I was a cab driver here forever. I you know, 10 years or something. Yeah. So um, when the cops start dressing up in all the SWAT uniforms and stuff, they felt silly. And we laughed at them, like regular people. Like, what are you guys doing? Why are you dressed up like soldiers? Why does the Austin Police Department need an armored personnel carrier? Mm -hmm. I would point it out to people in my cab on 7th and and I-35. We'd turn down 7th Street. I'd be like, look, there's the Austin Police Department's armored personnel carriers. And the people in my cab go, what the hell they need armored personnel carriers for? And, and, And why would a deputy sheriff who yesterday was wearing slacks And a button-up shirt. (laughs) Why is he now dressed like the Delta Force? Yeah. When he's still at 7th and Red River, where, like, the worst crime is drinking outside, right? Like, what? there's nothing happening here. Um, The worst crimes are offenses, because there are no crimes. Right. But then, and I think they felt a little silly, too. Yeah. At first, right? You you would imagine. But then they find ways to ratify themselves. They get in one shootout or a couple of shootouts. They have a situation where they need to hide behind something armored for a minute. And now it was all worth it. It was all the right choice. And now, why didn't we militarize the Austin Police Department back in 1920? What were we waiting for? We should have had paramilitary forces this whole time and armored personnel carriers this whole time from the time they were invented. What what were we waiting on? Because the, the people of, of Austin, Texas are the enemy. Yeah. The people of Austin, Texas are are all scheming to kill a cop at their first opportunity and every cop needs to know that whenever he interacts with a citizen that citizen is about to try to kill him and it's a good thing he's wearing his paramilitary right-wing death squad outfit so he can survive you know I read a statistic the other day where like the number of cops killed on the side of the road during a traffic stop or whatever is infinitesimally small oh yeah you know, yeah. it just doesn't happen. It's, right. In fact, all the stats say it's more dangerous to be a roofer than a cop. Mm-hmm. It's more dangerous to be a cab driver than a cop. Right. I was a cab driver for 10 years. Nobody ever robbed me once. Worst right. thing ever happened was a guy took off and ran. And yet still my job was more dangerous than a cop in Austin, Texas. Give me a break. Right. You know? Yeah. And I was a roofer before that. So that makes me twice as tough as any cop. <laughs> there you go. I was, uh,
1: I was at the store the other day down there by the house and, we don't have a city police, but every once in a while, the County cops come through and there was one at the convenience store. And i walk in there. I mean, and because of where I live, it's so country and you know, they, they still dress like they're in the eighties, you mm-hmm. know? And uh so I'll walk in there and he looks at me and he goes, what's up, sir. <laughs> I was just like, what's going on, man. I'm like, Hey, how are you? Like, go on about your business. Please leave me alone. <laughs> I got my dog with me. Don't go shoot him.
2: Um, yeah. you know, but Hey man, I'm sorry to interrupt, but have you ever seen the, the clips of this guy on YouTube who goes up and harasses cops and he just walks right up to him and he goes, have you been drinking today? Why don't you sit down on the curb yeah. for me? And all this stuff starts bossing around. That's the greatest thing. I think, I have you had was- anything to drink today? Come here. Let me smell your breath. <laughs> I think he lives in Dallas. That guy's my hero, man. Yeah. This yes. stuff is so funny.
1: I ran into somebody a while back that knew him and they and they showed me the video. And he was oh, in great. the Dallas-Fort Worth area when he was doing it, and I can't remember if he lives there or if he was just visiting. But yeah, he's one of those uh I I don't remember the name of the group that that does the whole feed the homeless every year.
2: Oh, no, okay.
1: Uh, the the anarchist group up there in the Dallas area that, that Food not bombs?
2: Homeless. Huh? Is it food, not bombs?
1: No, it's it's the guys that that go go out armed and feed the homeless. Oh, and the okay. reason they do it armed is because it's illegal to feed the homeless up there without a permit. So they just go up there and they just walk around with you know uh, with guns and feed the homeless. And the cops just kind of <laughs> watch them, like, all right, like, what are we going to like do?
2: Texans,
0: man.
1: Yeah. So, but I That's can't awesome. remember the name of the group. But I, I used to know a guy who was involved with it, but. Man. Yeah, man, it's it's just weird the we, we the atmosphere and the militarization and then with all the all the protesting and no matter what you feel about there those people's particular actions, especially those that are getting violent looting and rioting and setting business on fire, we can talk about property rights and all that good jazz. But you know, when it, when this first when the whole George Floyd thing first happened, I released a released a podcast, a solo episode. I was, and I was talking about what was going on there in Minneapolis, especially. And I was like, this is blowback, you know, no matter what you think this is blowback, because it, as much as people have been talking about the brutality of police and for as long as the free thought project has been around and writing, you've been talking about it. Lots of people have been talking about this stuff for a long time. There's no changes. There's no, any, any of the reforms that come down the pike don't do any good, right? And so, so I was like, you would think that people would get to the point where they stop defending the police, especially when the police now are only carrying out the most progressive anti-liberty policies there are. You know, red flag laws, they're arresting, you know, for the last year, they've been arresting people for opening their businesses, for going to church, for not wearing masks, stupid shit like that, while they stand there and they watch, you know, Joe Blow's, you know, bar and grill get burned to the ground and we're just, whatever, shrug it off and walk away. And so it, it's really shocking how the it, it's gone from a police, a, a, a pseudo-police state to this anti-liberty police state that we are living in today, and still those small government conservatives that love freedom so much won't won't say a
2: goddamn word well and even libertarians i mean you got libertarians all in my twitter feed defending Derek chauvin
0: the
2: guy who kept his knee on george floyd's neck for three and a half four minutes after he was already dead hey uh boss we don't have a pulse here oh that's okay i'll just keep my knee on this guy's neck for another three and a half minutes and i got people in my timeline going no because he had fentanyl in his system no uh because what because yeah. so, like you have some leftover loyalty to cops from when you were a brainwashed government school student in third grade or what where does this come from this deference to these guys then you had the guy with the phone to his head and everybody's going well i'm going to wait until more facts come out i guess full of my timeline Well, I don't know, I don't trust black people and I don't trust the liberal media. I don't trust the New York Times to tell this story. Like, you know what, read the story. There's a direct quote from the sheriff admitting the guy didn't have a gun. Right. He didn't have a gun. It was a phone. That means it was wrong to shoot him. But no, you know what, I'm gonna break my spine bending over backwards, trying to just use my imagination to come up with ways to justify why this might have been legitimate. You don't know. It might've been a gun shaped phone. Besides it was dark out there. And what they're just make up excuses. And, I mean, and seriously, the times- George Floyd thing, you didn't, you didn't watch a nine minute video of the bystanders saying he's dying. He's dying. Let him up, man. He's dying. The guy's crying for his mother. Mm -hmm. He's dying. His last breath, he says, I can't breathe. And the cop goes, if you can't breathe, then how come you can say you can't breathe? Mm -hmm. Which is what they said to the guy, Tony Timpson, who they killed in Dallas the same way. Which is what they said to this guy, Gonzalez, that they killed in L.A. or wherever it was the other day. The way that they did um, the... The uh, I think it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or whatever. The Mexican guy in the parking lot after the movies, Eric, where Garner. they got into, the daughter and the mom got in an argument in the parking lot, and so the cops came and crushed the father to death. Prone, chest down, cop on your back where your chest can't expand. Mm-hmm. The only discrepancy in George Floyd was wh- he couldn't breathe because his chest couldn't expand, or he couldn't breathe because his neck wouldn't let any air through the tube, he yeah. couldn't get any air even through his um through his trachea right um or was it his brain that failed first or was it his heart that failed first that caused his brain to fail was his brain that failed that caused his heart to fail that was the only discrepancy yeah there well there was uh... and i got libertarians not conservatives i got libertarians tommy i got brand name important libertarians in my twitter going no uh because there's some excuse that they're desperately clinging on to. It's shameful. Well, and the way, and
1: You wonder why you wonder why a lot, so many people label libertarians as white supremacists, you know, because it doesn't look good when you come in like that. Now, I have my own thoughts about the whole Chauvin thing and why it came out the way it came out. And yada, yada, yada. But I'm not going to shed any damn tears over fucking Chauvin. He was a shitty fucking cop. He had fucking 18 uh, complaints in 19 years. You know, I mean, he was a shitty cop, period. And who knows how many innocent people or people he locked up. He was going to lock up George Floyd for a damn counterfeit 20. I mean... Why don't he go kneel on Jerome Powell's neck for nine minutes for every $20 he's created over the right. last, you know, whoever's yeah, exactly. long. So yeah, how much so how I much money did bad. the Fed
2: create the same day that he tried to pass that 20? Exactly, you know? exactly. So I don't
1: feel bad for Derek Chauvin. Now, like I have my opinions of why the verdict came out, why it came out, but whatever. I don't care. It is what it is. Well, he you know? killed him, dude. Yeah. He
2: killed him. Listen, three experts said the guy died of suffocation. Okay, he didn't die of fentanyl. He yeah. was eating fentanyl all day, every day. He died because right. the cop crushed the breath out of him. Right, and that's fine. No more but what excuses I'm
1: saying, for this shit. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is they normally wouldn't have found him guilty is what I'm saying. Like, oh, like, yeah. the, no, that's like, true. Like, like but only because, Dallas, yeah, because like politics argument.
2: would have protected so, him. Right, yeah.
1: so I have my I have my ideas of why it came down the way it came down. But the fact of the matter is that doesn't even matter. I mean, it's not... It's not important. I don't feel bad for the guy.
2: And then you look at Eric. I think the answer is it's because of the riots, right? Isn't that why he was charged? He was charged because they burned down half the town and they threatened to burn down the other half. Well, that and then they had like, just like they did around the White House. They had like, they had, they had cops standing there with,
1: with, uh, m4s you know standing around the the courthouse they had it all barbed wire off and chain leak fence all all around it it looked like a damn war zone so yeah i mean er, if you're a jury going into that right like yeah if you're a jury juror going into that every day you're gonna be like fuck i better do something about this shit you know what i'm saying
2: so you know like but anyway i mean it's important context though that he was guilty and so they were essentially if anything intimidated into doing the right thing it's not like he should have skated it's that he would have skated right right but but yeah i mean the reality is that um when they came
1: out with that bullshit um uh last year that 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 it showed the picture out of the training manual of the guy kneeling on the on the the suspect's neck or back or whatever when they came out with that mm -hmm. last year and said it was part of his training I was certain he was going to get off. I was like, oh, "There's, there's no way he's going to be held accountable for any of this because he was trained to do that." And then we've seen, like you said, other people die in very similar circumstances. So we know that they are there. This is a trained thing that some cops are trained to do. It's that particular whether he was or wasn't. It needs to be stopped. That that needs to be. St- not used anymore period that has killed so many people over the years and again like you said with the i can't breathe i can't breathe and they're like well why are you talking i mean that same thing they said about eric garner remember when after eric garner died the nypd came out wearing shirts that says i can breathe you know
2: so by the way did you did you see in in dave smith's great interview with joe rogan the other day rogan who's an experienced mma fighter he goes, man, you don't put your knee on the back of somebody's neck like that in an MMA fight. Anybody tries that at the gym or in a fight, you're the worst. You're a yeah. dick. Everybody kick your ass for that. Dude, you don't do that. I don't know if he said that it was necessarily against the exact rules of it or not. Kind of a unspoken have. rule. Yeah. But he said, he said, oh, you think that's okay? Let me do it to you. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan with his, you know, 250 pounds of muscle on your neck and see if you like that, Mr. Talk a lot of shit. Yeah, and the right. answer is, yeah, no. Yeah. And in fact, that Crowder, the the right-wing podcaster guy, Crowder, that everybody made the meme out of him changed my mind. Mm-hmm. That guy, they did this demonstration. It was just like when, um, when uh, oh, I forgot who it was. Was it Glenn Beck or one of these guys, one of these hacks did the – the, you know, pretended waterboarding demonstration. That was Crowder. That was Crowder that did that. Oh, it, oh it was Hitchens tried that too. were they Oh, okay. were, oh and I guess Hitchens, they actually got him wet. Oh, was that Crowder that did that too? Yeah. So yeah, so now it's completely fake. They got like this this thick of layers of cloth, so his face isn't even getting wet, right? They're just pouring the thing. Had nothing to do with it. And then in this one, you can see the cop crouching on his neck. He's not on his neck. He's just barely on his shoulder. And the cop's entire weight is over his own feet.
0: No, he's not
2: lean. He's not trying to hurt Crowder with his knee in his neck and see if he can do it. The whole thing is a total scam. He's got all of his weight over his own feet. He has his knee resting gently on the guy's back. And Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, see, look at me. I'm not dead. Yeah, well, too bad. Yeah, well, it was obvious from the video when you saw
1: what was going on with George Floyd. The man was in need of medical attention. And the fact that the cop thought it appropriate to kneel on his neck while waiting on that medical attention to get there. It was like, what the, hey, the I mean, you're obviously just being a fucking punk,
2: man. The coroner testified that the damage from his, on his face was from him sl- digging his face into the street to try to get a little bit of pressure relief from his chest so he could inhale. Yeah. that He's got a neck. He's got a knee in his neck. He's smashing his own face into the street as hard as he can. To try to get the slightest little bit of air,
1: to arch That's
2: murder. Yeah. Murder too. Yeah, and let him get murdered in prison too. Fuck him, dude. He'll that never cop be deserves in- the worst of what he has coming to him. <clears throat> He'll
1: never be in general population. They won't let it happen.
2: All right, well, let him drive himself yeah. and tear himself apart and so- mad in solitary confinement. Then, well, hey man, I got to get back on the road. I got to get this. Dog I know, I'm too. late too all right brother <laughs> great to talk to you i'm glad i could end on such a hateful note there yeah
0: well fuck that dude <laughs> i wish i believed in hell
2: for chalvin to go and burn in solitary there
3: too for all of to if you're gonna play scam pick and choose well it's a game that was made for you to lose See, bragging on their feet of mediocrity again Never really making any kind of change But they keep on getting re-elected and I find that strange That's why I say fuck them, don't feed them Cause we don't even need them I never celebrate the tyrants out of taking our freedom Them, don't feed them, cause we don't even need them, I never celebrate the times that time are taking our freedoms, what's it gonna take for you to see, that we're living in rigged democracy, people stand in line for the these that they've been choosing, paying no attention to the rights they keep. Is. And that's why I say fuck them, don't feed them Cause we don't even need them I never celebrate the tarantanity again I feed them Yeah, fuck them, don't feed them Cause we don't even need them I never celebrate the of